Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. 1996 is going to be the year of the million dollar corporation. <laughs> is it bollocks? Right on the Hoover And the World Wrestling Federation! Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review as the other Cultaholic lads get set for... Whoa, whoa, whoa! WrestleMania! We are here via our Icapro Power DeLorean getting ready for... Whoa, whoa! Hanukkah and Christmas in 1995. <laughs> then who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, Tom Campbell, with the mulligan to my O'Hare, Jack Atkins, Atkins, Jackins from Cultaholic.com. How are you, Jackins? Hello, Tom Campbell. Tish, if you're on the Patreon, there is a beautiful Elton John T-shirt. Yeah. Should we do the bit that we did a minute ago and pretend <laughs> that it's that you're st- you're hearing it for the first time? I mean, it was it, it was brilliant. <laughs> it <range>. was <laughs> the greatest. I genuinely think like I've been doing this gig for a long time, and I'm classing that along with radio stuff as the best bit I ever did <laughs> that the world will never hear. Because Jack, I realised as we sat down. For the second take, that Jackins was wearing an Elton John T-shirt, so in my so I went, "Oh, what Elton John album was out in 1995?" Pray tell, Tom, what it Elton John was album was out in 1995? I looked it up. I was like, "Oh, it's Elton John. It's the Elton John album made in England." To which I belted out the first verse and the chorus of Elton John's "Made in England." And and to your shock of the world, so now I'll have to go with I believe in love. It's all we got. Love has no boundaries, no borders to cross. Without love, I wouldn't believe. I couldn't believe in you, and I couldn't believe in me. Without love, I believe in love. Which is the second single off the album. And I've just noticed you're wearing a viscery t-shirt. Come on then, uh, sing it. <laughs> Actually, no Mabel on this episode of Raw. No. No Nelson Fraser for us to celebrate on this I episode mean, of Raw. Is it even worth doing the podcast? Nah, we'll no bin Mabel. it off. <laughs> I mean, this is the longest we've gone so far without the recording corrupting, so <gasps> we've, we, I think we're officially... <laughs> Thank you to Sam Driver and to Richard Tubman for helping us uh, with the tech support on that one. Yeah. But I don't normally let us behind the curtain, but do you know what? There was there were such banging intros that we did. I'd argue that maybe Made in England I'll sing at the end. 
I mean, yeah, and considering this is the first time we've seen each other for two, two weeks. It's been a while. It's been a while <laughs> since I was made in England. <laughs> How? <Remember? laughs> Elton, John, Elton, Elton John and Stained. <laughs> he just said, you know what Elton does? Some really unusual duets. Hmm. So an Elton John duet with Stained wouldn't be that unorthodox. No. Elton did a song with Fallout Boy. Oh. Called Save Rock and Roll. I don't remember that. Elton did a song with Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. He did, a, he's done songs with Ed Sheeran. He likes, he likes Ed Sheeran, as he calls Ed him. Ed Sheeran. It's the same energy as William Regal calling Umaga Umanga every you, time. You, Umanga, Umanga. <laughs> Elton was calling the biggest star on the planet Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> like he's never heard of him. Uh, Elton, Elton did one with Stevie Wonder recently. I don't know how that's passed me by because I love Elton John and Stevie Wonder. Mm, they did one quite recently for, a, 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 I think, an Eddie Vedder, an Eddie Vedder album. Not an Eddie Vedder album. <laughs> Was it an Eddie Vedder album? <laughs> Picking on the boy. Elton and Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder, Elton <laughs> Little Fuck. <laughs> oh, but he, he was superstitious. Uh, it was an album called Oh, it was from an Elton it was an Elton John album called The Lockdown Sessions. The one with like Dua Lipa and all that. Yeah. Okay. Cold Heart. Always love you. Learn to f oh, oh I see. It's a mix oh it's a mixed bag of people, I think. I better brush up on this album because I'm gonna see Elton John in June. Are you? Yeah. Ooh. It it might be crap, but I've never seen Elton John before. So have you never seen Elton before? No, no. It's a collaborative album by English singer-songwriter Elton John. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Okay, so Cold Heart's on there. I'm discovering this for the first time. I could reel off Made in England, but I'm discovering this for the first time. Right. Um, okay. There is a song on here. It says, <coughs> Surfaces featuring Elton John, Learn to Fly. Right. As in... I don't... We're going to find out together. <coughs> if, if this is Elton John... Doing the big bad foos. Foo fighters. <laughs> My head might explode. But we're gonna find out together. We will start the podcast I was in a say, bit, I promise. Uh, and if you are not um a member of our Patreon, you won't see Tom Campbell's head explode live on video. Sure. So this is I don't think it is. Now nah, this this sounds like a different song called Learn to Fly. DCMA, by the way. <laughs> it's nice. I enjoy this. Until Elton comes in. <laughs> I'm going to fly my plane into the sun. Uh, <laughs> I'm just imagining like <laughs> 70s cocaine feather headdress Elton John commandeering a plane <laughs> flying it into the sun you want the Elton John from the Step Into Christmas music video oh god he was off his bin when he did that <laughs> and you watch him and he looks quite frantic in it all the way through taste of milky chocolates over some fucking honey so you're going to see him soon yeah you're going to have a lovely time because it is a fun gig yeah Elton. I've seen him, I've seen I've been blessed him a couple of times. My mum brought us up on Elton. Yeah. Hence why Made in England lives there. Of, of all the Elton John songs that I've committed to memory. It's it's no, it's it, it, the the mind is a, is a beautiful, wonderful nightmare. Because I left the house this morning 
uh, and got down uh, and got out of the house before realizing I hadn't locked the door. <laughs> I have to go back. I forgot to lock the door to my own home this morning. Very nice. But I happily remembered, I was made in England, <laughs> which I haven't pulled from my brain in decades. Yeah. So the mind is a wonderful thing like that. In terms of music, before we get into how we're doing, can I, can I please give a shout to um, New Kids on the Block, Rick Astley, On Vogue, and Salt and Pepper, <laughs> <laughs> who did a song called Bring Back the Time. And it is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> They released the video last week, and oh my god, the song is amazing. The video is sublime. I saw you post something about that on Twitter the other day, but I've yet to venture in. And then the first thing you said to me this morning basically was, go listen to that. Because you came in saying like, oh, you know, I've, I've been listening to some 80s power pop. I said, yeah. you need this. It's proper power pop. Yeah. It's proper, proper power pop. See, see, like, yeah, this morning I woke up and I was like, today is Robert Palmer simply irresistible. <laughs> the sword noise, everything. I was like, yeah, that's how I'm starting. I, I love the idea of you getting ready in the morning. Simply irresistible. Yes. <laughs> Looking in the mirror going, fucking yeah. yeah. Like the Huey Lewis on. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. As, 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 as Louis bites your leg. Louis just like, I <laughs> <laughs> want to join in. He prefers Enya. <laughs> it's a bit too heavy for him. He us. loves his Orinoco flow. He does. Uh, how are you and the cats? <laughs> uh, we're all Because you weren't here last week. No. As, and I wasn't here the week before, so no. we missed each other. <laughs> so what had happened was I stayed up to cover AEW Revolution the other week. Mm. The same weekend that Sean was in Centre Parks. Oh, yes, because she had a week away, didn't she? Yeah. So on that Sunday, I got up at half six in the morning, oh. couldn't nap, and stayed awake for 24 hours to feed the cats the next morning. Oh. So I was just like, Ugh. and usually when I do these things, because I'm, I'm getting on a, a little bit in, in, in my ears. Mm. So when I do a pay-per-view, I'll drink half a can of Monster to just keep me awake. I did the full can. So I went to sleep at about six after the pay-per-view. Woke up at about quarter to 10 in the morning i had three and a half hours sleep and i was awake again till the end of the night and then it just ruined me for a week so when there was a, a couple of uh like um you know covid is um you know still teetering around and it was like right um it, the opportunity to work from home again i was like i just need a week just without commuting mm. just to reset and just have a couple more hours to myself and it did me the world of good. That's, that's yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear. Yeah. I think that same week, maybe then, maybe our weeks off were slightly different. Or maybe yours came after. Because I know that it was around Revolution yeah. that I did something <laughs> similar to you. Where I went, I just stayed up through the night to cover wrestling. <clears throat> and woke up and then didn't go to bed, just sort of work through. Uh, and maybe had like an hour after the show, because it's a long show, Revolution. Yeah, yeah. Good show, but Good long show, show, but long, God. Um, what ended up happening was I went into work next day. We did Cultaholic Live. And then I went home. And I was like, I'm going to go home and get a sleep because I feel rough. Because I stayed up all night. I feel rough. So I went home, went to sleep for a bit. And then I woke up a few hours later and went, I still feel rough. Just for anecdotal purposes, I'll, I'll pop a COVID test just to... It won't oh! Ah, that explains everything. I got COVID, didn't I? That's yeah. exciting. So apologies to all involved there. I feel like I may have started a mini outbreak. Did you? Did it hit you bad or were you all right? Or? That first, that, that Monday, I was all, I felt dreadful. Yeah. But I just put it down to lack of sleep. But I felt dreadful. And we had the, we had a, we had the Coltonic Live show to do in the afternoons. So I thought, I'm just going to push on through till then. And mm. then I'll go home. 
and I'll just, <laughs> just hide in a corner until I'm slept, <laughs> fully caught up in my sleep. And then the rest of the week was, I was well enough to keep working from home. I spent a lot of time basically in bed editing mm. audio. And 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 we, we've we done um, a few videos and some streams on WB2K22. So the timing was was quite sweet in the sense that I just got to stay in bed and just sort of play test that a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. <clears throat> that was work, that was, in case my dad asks. Um, and I just, what I like felt tired, uh, achy, legs really achy. Like, like, like legs just felt jelly all the time. Yeah. And I had a cough that didn't clear away until like a couple of days later. But other people have had it much worse. Yeah. You know, much, much worse. Like, I, think I, I think I got off quite lightly. Talking of 2K22. Ooh, yes. Uh, great job by you and Ross Tweddle on the Cult of Holocaust. <laughs> you did well in it as well. I, you had a good show in. See, I, I was saying this to Fraser before. I was like, you know, I came in, gave it the bifters. I was throwing bastards left, right, and center. <laughs> I was like, I was like, not a single elimination. And then Fraser was like, oh, you eliminated someone. I was like, well, I must have missed it. <laughs> so, <laughs> how, how do the commentators not call that? Clearly, yeah, I mean, appalling job by all involved. I was uh, very glad for Ross saying I was the most miserable person he's ever met. <laughs> <laughs> he did say that didn't I he? was very happy I was like yes Ross yes I don't think you're the most miserable person I've ever met uh, <laughs> I'm not quite Father Stone but no <laughs> no <laughs> you okay there Father oh, I'm fine I know, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was good fun, that was. It's on the channel if you want to watch that as well. Uh, and uh, you can watch back Adam playing through my rise from the 2K22 career mm -hmm. mode. And uh, if you're on Twitch, then we've been doing my GM mode for the last week or so. In the last week or so, you can watch those back on the channel as well. GM mode was good fun. Yeah. It's not as, um, this is the line I feel like I use all the time. I feel like it's the best way to describe it. It's not as robust yeah. as people were hoping for. It's a bit more arcadey. It's a bit more sort of, you know, if you have limited wrestling knowledge or interest you can still pick up and play it and enjoy it yeah and i think that's you know could it have could it have had a bit more variety in there maybe an option for advanced players yeah it certainly could have done but we we spent about 12 hours playing it on stream and we had a lovely time i don't know why right laugh i don't know why wwe don't bring out a standalone gm mode like football manager for the pc because it's got an audience mm. who will buy it just for that Put it out with like 15, 20 quid. You could do it, couldn't you? You mm. could do it. I, I would be... Like, obviously, I played a lot of um, EWR and TEW back in today. I want something that's in the middle, yeah. right? I don't want it so it's like, put the circle in the circle hole and you get a five-star match. I don't want that level of easiness. But at the yeah. same time, I don't want, like, go for a meeting with sponsor manager. Here's the cost for lunch. Like, I don't want that. <laughs> I want somewhere in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> where I can I can get into the into the weeds on the on the fun stuff. You want to be Eric Bischoff? <clears throat> yeah, I want to just book <laughs> the shows. I don't want to go. I don't want to worry too much about oh, morale of your your third accountant is low. Yeah. Eric Bischoff didn't care. He's like, oh, I don't care. Exactly. I, I want to smoke cigars with Dennis Rodman. Fuck that's, off. that's what I want to do. <laughs> the cigar, the Dennis Rodman cigar smoking simulator. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Cigar smoked. There you, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, how are cats? Because I, I ask here because a few people messaged me the other week, mm -hmm. at least two, and said, you haven't talked about Pablo in a while. Is Pablo okay? And I thought, well, yeah. But then I thought it's because you and I haven't talked about Louis yeah. or Pablo yeah. or respective cats in a while. Yeah. Uh, cats, cats are fine. Cats are fine. Um, Louis's been 
on good behavior recently. He's been quite affectionate, um, which is nice because he doesn't often show affection because he's a confused animal. Um, so he's been fine. Uh, we found out that Poppy loves chlorine. <laughs> oh, no. So I got some just like proper grout cleaner because that's what I do in my spare time. I proper gave the, the bathroom tiles a good scrub. Lovely bit of grout cleaner. Oh, lovely. Got that grout shining up right nice. Lovely grout. But at a... Whoa! Whoa! Sorry, I've been getting excited <laughs> about the grout. <laughs> It's all right. There's enough to go around. <laughs> so I had to leave the windows wide open because it just stunk of like chlorine and bleach. But a little bit got on my hands. And even though I washed it off, there was the scent there. And Poppy just came over and just started just headbutting me and rubbing herself all over me and biting my hands. And I Googled it. Chlorine in some cats has a similar effect to catnip. Wow. But what is it? Is it not like dangerous for them to inhale it? Yeah. It's going to be all right. It's all right. It was secondhand chlorine. Oh, okay. That's so, fine. Because um, we kept all the bathroom doors and that closed because we were like, we don't want it going in and licking bleach. <laughs> no, that's um, not how you run a cat house. But it's just, yeah, for, for a while afterwards, the aroma lingered it, mildly. It wasn't like I was walking around. Everyone was like, fuck me, it smells like chlorine. <laughs> um, Stinks of shit in here. And she, she was just going mad for it. And then one night at like three in the morning, she jumped on my chest and bit my hand. Oh, Not God. like a proper bite, like a little nibble. Cause she's like, I like this. But I just kind of like hadoukened her just across the room because <laughs> I was woken you up. You were asleep, but yeah. suddenly it's just like. So, so she just I opened my eyes to see Poppy's little fat ass <laughs> flying through the air. Um, oh, bless her. But no, they've been really good this week. I've been working from home uh, because spring's kind of sprung here. I'd say it's yeah. officially sprung. So I've had all well, the, it was win- the equinox on the weekend, wasn't it? Was it the spring equinox on the weekend? It was the spring equinox of the weekend. Well, the past weekend. You're hearing this the the week after we recorded it. Yeah. So it was. We've had the spring equinox the week after the okay. last yeah. one. Yeah. So all the windows and that were open, so they were just kind of like a bit of fresh air. Lovely. Yeah. So see, we can only have the windows open just a little bit. Yeah. Because every time we have them open more than a little bit, Pablo goes, "Oh, outside, this looks precarious. I'll just <laughs> climb onto the balcony." <laughs> Whoa! It's like. Now we're quite high up. I'm like, no, mate. Let's let's not play this game. Let's not play this game. How is the little fella? He's all right. I've noticed as of late that we've always known that like he has a favourite in the house. The favourite is Alex, yeah. without a shadow <laughs> of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. But I'm noticing more and more uh, affection and sort of protection towards Alex. Oh, really? In Pablo, and and I read this up. It's because obviously Pablo is a black cat, and black cats are. You know, in 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 law, in annals of history, they are guardian cats. You know, they 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 are protectors. Mm. And the 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 whole story behind how we got Pablo is that Alex saw Pablo, that a friend of hers, uh, found the cat who was astray and said, "Look, I I can't keep this cat. Um, it needs to go to a home. We can't find the owner. We don't know what's happened. Does anybody want to adopt this cat? Because it's a beautiful cat, and it's friendly, and it just needs a good home. And Alex, remember, Alex called me into the living room and said, "I don't know what it is, but we need this cat. We've never talked about owning a cat ever." Yeah. And Alex just went, "There is just something about this particular cat that we need him." So we went to met him, and we said we'd think about it. And on the way home, Alex was like pricing up cat trees, and I was like, "This is happening, isn't it?" Oh yeah. And 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 I, and I've said on this podcast before, like. She was 100%. I was probably 75. I wasn't completely sold on it. But one thing I trust more than pretty much anything on planet Earth is Alex's instinct to stuff. Yeah. Like, if she's got a good instinct, a strong instinct for something, then I'm going to go, okay, what do you need? Because I trust you to the end yeah. of the Earth. So, and okay, cool, let's do it. And we did. And you know what? 
again, to quote one of my favorite books, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I would rather be happy than right any day. And <laughs> I was happy to be wrong yeah. by 25% on that. And he said, but, but I feel like there's a connection there because when I'm at home, and I'm, say, in the spare room if I'm working from home or if I'm in the living room, Pablo will more often than not be in a different room to me. He might pop his head around the door and go, food? Yeah, some food there. Cool, cool. You all right? Yeah, cool. And he'll get some fuss. Sometimes he'll lie down and he'll go, ah, if only somebody could tickle my tummy for me for a bit, that'd be nice. And I'll do that for a bit. But otherwise, he kind of does his own thing. When it's just Alex there, or if Alex is there and I are there, then if Alex is on the sofa, he will... He'll do his own thing. Then more often than not, he'll end up on the arm of the sofa next to Alex. If Alex goes to bed before me, if she's got an early start, she'll go to bed before me. And Pablo will be on my side of the bed. Not just like on my side of the bed, but on my side of the bed facing Alex. Yeah. Sometimes, like I walked in the one night and he, like, Alex was fast asleep and Pablo was sat on my side of the bed. And I just crept around the door and looked and he was just staring at Alex, <laughs> like watching her. And then he noticed I was there. And he just turned around very quickly. Like, what do you want? <laughs> I just wanted to come to bed if that's... Uh... Um, the one night recently, <clears throat> Alex went to bed and um, Pablo jumped onto the bed next to her. Like, so, like, that's my side of the bed is on the right. Alex's side of the bed is on the left. And then Pablo found a little, a little nook on Alex's side. Yeah. And he stayed there all night. And he slept there all night. So we've just noticed more than there has been since we got him, there's a real kinship he yeah. has towards Alex. And I've just noticed it more in the last few weeks. So we're, we're, we're selling him. No. <laughs> so we're getting rid of him. Fucking he has to love me and no one else. No, it's, it's, it's just, I've just noticed it more and more lately. Yeah. Uh, he's, he, is in, he is in fine health. He is, as the vet described, ha happy, healthy, and handsome. He's very handsome. He's a handsome boy. Yeah. He is a handsome boy, but he is he is all good. Um, I think we're all caught up. We've done Cats, music, COVID. Elton John. Elton John. Um, what else has happened? Anything else happened in your world that we need to know about? I'm trying no. to think what there is, really. <laughs> I watched Turning Red the other day. Isn't it good? It's very good. I oh, it's a really sweet film. Yeah, it's very good. Really There's a like weird it. Disney magic, isn't there? Yeah. There's a bit of an intangible. Like, nobody else does films quite like Disney. No, not at all. And and I like the animation style of it. Yeah. Because it's a little bit sort of anime influenced. Yeah. But still its own thing. Yeah. I like it. Tony Red's very, very good. Have you been watching um are you watching Peaky Blinders? Did we talk no. about it in the office when you were there or not? You yeah, you mentioned it, but I've never watched it before. Uh, getting back into Peaky Blinders because it's the last season. It's and because you, you feel like you could have been one of them. It's yeah, I I'd, I'd have been a shit Peaky Blinder. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd have been dead very quickly. <laughs> I think my parents watch it and they say it's very good. Mm, it I is just, have, just never got around to it. No? It was very, very, very good. Very good. We mm. watched The Godfather and, and I realised that we haven't watched The Godfather before. Ever? No. I've watched bits of it. I could quote enough of it. We never watched it. So I said, well, let's watch The Godfather trilogy. And we did. Oh, yeah, you need to watch one and two, really. Yeah, the two felt quite long. Two's very long. <laughs> When the words intermission came up, we went, oh, oh. we're in for the long haul here. <laughs> it's, it's one of those people always say, oh, Godfather 2 is better than number one. Do I prefer the first one? I thought Marlon Brando was in it more than he was. The, the thing for me with Godfather 2 is like, oh, it's, it's, it's the rise of Don Corleone. It's like, he's, he's young, he's young, he's young, he's young. Oh, he's getting started. Oh, he's got a shop. He's Marlon Brando. It's like, I want mm. the middle. 
Yeah. I wanted the middle. I didn't want the beginning and the end. I wanted the middle of just him being just a ruthless bastard. But still a great film and the stuff of uh, Michael and Fredo. It's not even spoiled territory. It's nearly 50 years old. Yeah, if you so, haven't seen it, then sorry about that. Spoilers yeah. and all. Mm. Yeah, the, the Statue of Limitations is very much over for the Godfather films. But Godfather 3 is not very good apart from Andy Garcia. A lot of people have said, we haven't watched the third yet. A lot of people have said that The Godfather Part 3 is where it all sort of yeah, it's a bit fall, falls off. Well, there, well, did they ever set the stage for a Part 4 or was it always going to be a trilogy? Just curious. Uh, um, no, it's definitely it's definitely, definitely going to be 3. No, uh, sometimes they have a tendency to go, The Godfather Part 4, out 2025. <laughs> Starring <laughs> Justin Bieber as God and <laughs> Timothy Chalamet as father. That'd be amazing. Make that a thing. Anyway, let's go back to simpler times. 1995, to be exact. It is uh, fast approaching the end of the year. It is uh, December the 19th, 1995. I realize I've been sort of coveting the notes in my hand here, but I realized as I came downstairs, I printed off the wrong notes for the wrong Give me classic raw review. Yeah. So, so, so set fire to them, will you? There we go. But it's fine, because in the style of Matthew Gregg, I will read my podcast notes off of my phone. Ah, oh, what a great podcast. <laughs> um, nice to have you, pal. Nice to be here, pal. Oh, incidentally, uh, a little bit of classic review admin before we get underway, and this is something that, that includes you! Um, <laughs> this Saturday, on the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review, the cosmos is aligned in the most magnificent way. This isn't something that was planned, this isn't something that was predicted, but because we've been doing it week to week, there's been an odd week where we haven't done it, but it somehow has planned out that the weekend of WrestleMania 38 is the weekend that on the Classic Smackdown review, we reach WrestleMania 17. Fucking the year of our Lord, 2001. <laughs> Space Odyssey! Uh, WrestleMania X7. Uh, so, so we're doing a watch-along of WrestleMania X7 featuring myself, Matthew Gregg from the Classic Smackdown Review, Sam Driver from the Classic Nitro Review, and Jack Atkins Jackins from the Classic Raw Review. All four of us are going to get together. Crisis on Infinite Arseholes Part 2... <laughs> For WrestleMania X7 oh. on WrestleMania weekend. Oh. I mean, it's nice, isn't it? I think, like, from like the second episode in of my tenure on the Classic Raw review, when it was like, right, he's he's, he's passed the test. We'll keep. Yeah, him. you've done all right. I, I think from then on, I was like, Tom, let me know when uh, X7 comes because uh, I want to watch X7 because it's fucking X7. We're keeping you, keeping to our word. Yeah, keeping to our word, and we're doing it. And so you'll you'll hear by the time you hear this. I think we, we it's the day before we record it, and you'll hear it on Saturday. Well, what WrestleMania great, Saturday. What a great podcast. <laughs> what a great WrestleMania. <laughs> so if you didn't have enough wrestling to watch this weekend, why not cram in WrestleMania X7 with the Classic Review Lads mm. on Saturday? But anyway, we are, more importantly, we are in uh, the year of 2000, uh, 1995. Long time from 2005. Yep. But can you pass me my notes about very briefly? Because I did write on the top of them, I believe the ratings for this particular night raw because I edited the wrong ones now I'm going to throw these away okay last week's ratings for raw uh, 2.3 mm. last week's rating for nitro 2.5 oh bloody mm. eric raw has been a better show and I'm not just saying that cuz you're here nitro is is a is a is a bit of an acid trip yeah it's difficult to track <laughs> Truly is very <laughs> difficult to keep my head around. Um, so, in terms of what went down this week in the wrestling news, um, have we not got any real world news first? I, do you know what? I thought I had something. Maybe I haven't. I, I, I think I, I think I pulled this. I'm sure I prepped some. Maybe I didn't. 
No, I didn't. <laughs> Toy Story's probably still number one. Toy Story's number one. It's I top of the shouted down the microphone. <laughs> I was too excited about Toy Story. <laughs> I, 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 fa- I thought I'd really well prepped this podcast. I realized I missed a key bit, which was the bit at the top where you do number one movie, number one album. But we'll catch up next week. It's probably Mariah Carey. It's probably Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, Toy Story. Robinson Jerome, yeah. Goldeneye. <laughs> it's all them ones. All the good stuff. You know what? So we're going to go straight to your segment. Which is you talking through this week in the wrestling, this bloody week in the wrestling. Ravy, Ravy, Dave, Davy, Ravy, Dave, Melter. Great from, stuff. From the <laughs> <laughs> thanks. See you next week. Um, you, and the uh, Observer newsletter. Newsletter. I've been hanging around <laughs> oh, Fraser Jen. Port too much. It's Jen. Oh, oh it's Jen. I was going to see the Jen because because Fraser's quite soft spoken. Whereas uh, Jen is very harsh. <laughs> Jen's Love like, me! She's like Billy Connolly. <laughs> <laughs> I was cross, but it was funny. <laughs> so, writing in the Wrestling Observer newsletter <laughs> yeah. on uh, dated December 26th, this, <laughs> we, to, to, you know, see how the sausage is made. Myself and Tom will be like, right, this note here, I'm going to refer to it when it comes up in Raw, for example. Or mm. it's like, oh, th- this happens in this episode. I'll save this to them, blah, blah, blah. Because, um, you know, we, I, I miss things and Tom picks them up and vice versa. Mm. So mine is basically, this week, I've just gone for all the bollocks of wrestling. Yay! A lot of bollocks, but there is the biggest news, though. Go on. And obviously, this is one for deeper coverage when you do it on the classic Nitro review. But it's finally fucking happened. Alundra Blaze is no more. Medusa is on Nitro. Title belt. Bin. It's... That's it. (laughs) That is a bit that happens in this particular week. Is it this week or next week that that officially goes down? It's saying that it's happening. Right. So therefore, we will will pick up more on that on Nitro when we'll catch up with that. So I've got that's very, but that's the end of Alundra Blaze in the WWF. That's the end of the women's, and that's division. the end of the women's division, yeah. pretty much. Because we we knew it was coming. Because mm-hmm. the, the benefit of hindsight is yes. we know these things, and obviously, you know, we haven't seen Blaze for a few weeks. And it's been a bit, and they've not mentioned her on television either. No. So, according to Dave, Blaze's contract expired on December thirteenth, and it was well known within the WWF that she was negotiating with WCW, and her contract wasn't renewed. So technically, she was fired. Um, as a result, J.J. Dillon sent a letter in midweek to All Japan Women cancelling the Blaze vs. Aja Kong match that was scheduled for the Royal Rumble, saying that Blaze's contract was going to expire and not be renewed. The decision had to have been made several days earlier as, remember, uh, Aja Kong beat the fuck out of Chaparita Asari on Raw. Yeah! And they basically and- didn't talk about it, did they? They were just like, oh, she punched her in the face. Shawn Michaels later, basically. Yeah, they, they, they didn't mention anything about um, Alundra at all. No. So, uh, according to Dave, several WWF wrestlers had been under the impression that Blaze was going to be dumped after the Rumble anyway. And several reports from Japan that Kong would be given the title in the January match. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this isn't happening now. But that would have been amazing if yeah. Kong had actually done that. But the WWF had negotiated with All Japan Women for Blaze to return to Japan as a regular in January and return to WWF for a few pay-per-view shows against Japanese women during 96. But at the same time, she'd been talking with WCW. All Japan Women uh, wanted to... Because 
there was a weird thing with them appearing on WWF and WCW and it all got a bit hairy. Yeah, because they were they they struck a deal with All Japan. Uh, WCW struck a deal with All Japan women at the same time that WWF was working with All yeah. Japan women. And um, there was a few that were saying, like, look, we'll do one or the other. And Bullocano did both. Yeah. Good for Bullocano. Make that great. bloody coin. Kick some heads in. Kick some heads in and make some coin. So even though they had deals in place with both, all Japan women's actually wanted to keep the working arrangement with WWF, even though WCW gave the women a better platform. Yeah. So, but that's, that's gone. <laughs> all done. Yeah. Moving on with it. Yeah. Yikes. Blaze wasn't the biggest name arriving with a new company over the weekend, but it was the biggest shock. Reports were there. Reports that Dave received were that Vince McMahon, who found out about it from a technician early in the Raw show, was stunned to the point that's why he seems so tired and distractive, distracted on this upcoming Raw that we're going to So there's watch. a few bits during this episode of Raw where you, where Vince will probably seem a little bit mm. away. And that's because he's getting word of, of what's happening with yeah. the Blaze. Yeah. At, like, as it happens. Yeah. But never mind. The WWF have been uh, talking that uh, the Ultimate Warrior might be coming back. <laughs> Our problems are solved. As Dave says in a very strange deal, on the syndicated superstar show, at the end of it, they had Jim Ross hint Warrior would be returned to WWF, but it wasn't mentioned on Action Zone. It wasn't mentioned at In Your House. It wasn't mentioned on this episode of Raw. Uh, Dave hadn't been able to get any confirmation of it other than the rumor mill, you know, among the wrestlers, you know, it's, oh, you know, Hellwig's come back, blah, 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 blah. As he's put here, it's possible he's coming in, or given his track record, that he agreed to come in early in the week and the deal had already fallen through before it was broadcast because he's a law unto himself. He really is. Uh, but, but they will put a pin in that. Yeah. They will put a pin in that for now. Right. Let's get into the bollocks. Let's get into some bollocks. Let's do it. Uh, before, uh, should we go? Oh. I've got, I have, what I did. See this man. See this man. He keeps me on time. Now, what I did was, Ooh. whilst you were doing that, oh. I thought because I, I want to make sure that I do my end of the job properly. Oh. And a quick look, and I can give you the, the real world headlines oh. for this particular week, December the 18th, 1995. So, uh, number one in the US Billboard chart is Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, One Sweet Day. One Sweet Day. Number one in the UK charts is Michael Jackson's Earth Song. <laughs> Sadly, not Elton John's made in England. I'm as livid as you are. Uh, now, dis now, Toy Story was the number one film until yesterday. UK or US? US. Hang on, let me check. Somewhere. <laughs> I was. Somewhere in the Western world. No, it was, this is in. Hang on. So, okay, in the US. Okay. It was number one in the US. Um, uh, but what happened was. Uh, a little a little Robin Williams movie turned up in the US to knock them off on December the 17th. We're talking about Jumanji. Ooh. What year is it? <laughs> Alan Parrish. God bless your soul. I saw Jumanji in a uh, in a toy shop when uh, Alex's sister visited the other weekend and uh, we went to pick up a present for her for a little boy. And, uh, and I saw Jumanji in the board game. And Alex said, we should get it. I said, no, we shouldn't. Do you see what happened to him? Why are they even selling it? Peter turned into a monkey. Yeah. Why would we risk that? Why would they sell that here? It's disgusting. Do you want to get shot by Van Pelt? I want to speak to your manager. Uh, GoldenEye is still number one in the uh, United <laughs> Kingdom. <laughs> GoldenEye still hanging on. It's still doing very well on the charts. It's Piers Brohan's yeah. uh, out, first outing as a Bond. And in the video game world, uh, Worms came out this yes! week. Yes! 
Worms by Team 17. I love worms. It's amazing the, little the, the game, game and the animal. <laughs> it's not an animal, is it? Is it an animal or is it an invertebrate? Cre- creature. It's an invertebrate. Let's just say creature. It's a creature. It, it is, is an invertebrate. It's not even an insect, is it? No. It's one of them. It's just but, a worm. But the Team 17's worms came out this Great. This it's a uh, stunning yeah. bit of work is yeah. worms. Um, if you'd never played it, there's been multiple ports since then. Uh, it's a, just a really fun multiplayer strategy sort of turn-based fighting game, battle yeah. game. Uh, don't play Worms 3D, though. It's shite. No. Oh, that was... Uh, I liked that? Worms Armageddon. was a good one. Yeah, that was kind of the best of all worlds with Worms. They went back to their roots recently with a Worms game for the PlayStation, which I remember playing on PlayStation Now. And it was just like a traditional Worms-style game. Yeah. Uh, 2D, big mountainous areas. Um, Alex hated it because she was rubbish. At it. Sheep. Sheep were in it Spadge. as well. What was Spadge? He was one of the worms for Team 17. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. That was it. That was it. Well, that they, Spadge could be anyone. If you happen to own uh, Worms, the one of the original CD-ROMs for Worms, if you put it in a CD player, Ooh. not only do you get all like the sort of eerie music for each level, but at the end, there is a full song... Uh, set to the Worms theme tune. Oh my! Do 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 do. And it's and it's and it's kind of done. It's a little bit Paul Hardcastle nineteen in the sense that it's kind of like somebody narrating one of the one of the I think Blinky's story in the battle. In first with Worms singing the chorus, and we've come to win the war because there's words to it. Put it in your CD player and thank me later. <laughs> Fucking love worms. <laughs> it's good in it. It's yeah. good. Anyway, back to the bollocks. Bollocks. I've ticked my box. Well, it's, it's some of it's bollocks, right? It's well. It, when I say bollocks, there is some legitimate <laughs> bollocks. When I say bollocks. I mean not bollocks. There is some bollocks in this stuff that only like really appeals to a limited I audience. I welcome all levels of bollocks. So it had in nineteen ninety five recently been the Stu Hart tribute show. Yay! Yes. By all accounts, the show was a major success. Uh, much due to atmosphere as anything else. Uh, it was December 15th in Calgary's Stampede Corral. Came off as a first-class event and brought to go- together current stars from WWF and WCW, along with several legends from the past. However, Mm-mm. the show was marred by disappointing no-shows. Ah, oh, Tom, Dynamite Kid. No, Tom didn't turn up! The biggest star and best wrestler in Stampede in the late 70s and early 80s. He just didn't show up. And just, no, no excuse. Just no. Didn't. And oh. neither did Abdullah the Butcher, both with, without ever calling to cancel. Apparently, uh, our Tom had agreed to come and wrestle on the show a week before the card, was sent a plane ticket from England, never arrived and never called to cancel. He also, at this time, doesn't have a phone. So they contacted him. <laughs> they tried contacting him at his job where he works as a night watchman on a steel construction site. Oh, my God. They tried to call on that number. Nobody answered. Finally, the day of the show, a co-worker answered the phone and said, yeah, he's not come. What <laughs> <laughs> is people at the steelworks? Yeah. Went, yeah, Tom's not. He's here. He's like, tell. Tom, Tom, Stuart's on the phone. Tell to fuck off. He says, fuck off. Is our Davy there? I'll fucking knock him. He wants to have our Davies there. He says he's not. Do you want to just talk to him? No, it's all right. I'm having, I'm having a shite. <laughs> so he's having a shite, but he won't be at the show. So that. He says bye. <laughs> oh, Davy was down the Wigan mines, just a bit further down the road. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Whilst Tom was at the steelworks. Christ, they're so northern. And they <laughs> the walk- Wigan mines, the steelworks. Imagine the misfortune if you thought, do you know what, lads, let's caper. Steelworks, let's break in. And you break in and find bitted, chewed up and spat out <laughs> dynamite kid as the security. Fucking drops you on your head, King's Road style, 30 <laughs> times. It's like, where'd he get a flick knife? <laughs> that's not regulation. It's not a flick knife, that's his hand. <laughs> as for uh, Abdullah the Butcher, apparently he just failed to get off the plane he was scheduled to arrive on. <laughs> Some say there is a plane still going around with Abdullah the Butcher on it. Probably blading. <laughs> How do you, like, okay, I can, I can I, I'm not saying this isn't true, by the way. Uh, but I get that if you're on a train, you might fall asleep on the train. Yeah. You might miss your stop. Yeah. If you're on a bus, you might fall asleep and miss your stop. Yeah. But a plane has a very, a very, a very certain des- final destination. <laughs> like if you fall asleep on the plane as it's on the runway, they will <laughs> wake you up. <laughs> What I've, you I've, won't say, I'll leave him on there. He's going to Canada now. <laughs> I mean, he's massive and bleeding. We can't <laughs> let him into the country. <laughs> what seems to have transpired is he was meant to be on the plane. They thought he was on the plane. They rang his house and said, hello, is Abdullah the butcher home? And they went, oh, no, he's gone to Canada. He was probably just in, in, in bed, <laughs> just having a sleep. So he just disappeared. Tell them I'm in Canada. <laughs> He's in, oh. he's in Canada. He's in Canada. He's having a shit. Why is everybody having a shit? <laughs> Everyone that we've cancelled is having a shit. Keith Hart sweating. He's got to go. To, he's got to go tell Stu that I've done a bunch of dynamite kid on coming because they're both shitting. <laughs> I just Tom Billington is 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 such a dream to talk about because. He is just, he is one, okay, what it, what it is, is he is one of the greatest wrestlers it, the, the, the industry has ever created. Yes. There will never be anyone like him. Many duplicate, no, many imitate, there will never be another Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington. But away from that, he's such a weird northern man. Yeah. I haven't got a phone. <laughs> just, I'm just working at a steel mill as a night watchman. But it's just, he's such a normal bloke. Like, he'll go to the, like he'll go and have a pint of mild in the pub and talk about the weather. But on the side, he is the greatest wrestler in the history of wrestling. It's so weird. But you, you, you always hear about, you know, wrestlers just clinging to the spot and trying to do comebacks and working injured. And when, Dynamite Kid had it. He just went, right, sound, better go get a job. See you yeah, later. I'm just... done now. <laughs> Going home to Wigan. There's an iconic video from uh, a, a wrestling special, like a documentary of Dynamite Kid in, in his flat in the north of England. And he's there with like an ashtray on the side of the sofa, um, like a novelty pint glass, if I remember correctly. And then the TV is on. And it's the, and he's got a skybox, and it just says, "Please insert sky cars <laughs> on the screen." Like it's, but it would have been there for a while. Like yeah. if you haven't got, because if you haven't got the sky card in, you can't watch Sky. And I just think, like, what what's gone on here that he can't? He hasn't got the sky card in there, and he's just left it on as the camera crew have come round to film. And his flat's a fucking mess. Yeah. He's got a fag on the go. The telly's saying, "Put your sky card in, you you broke bastard." And it's just, it's. 
And he's got slippers on, I think, if memory serves. I'm pretty sure he's like wearing just like some green slippers. Like it's just like the most normal northern man, yeah. but also the greatest wrestler in the history of the sport. Like he he will he will give you a brain buster, but you gotta get out by ten because he wants to have a pie and watch topless darts. <laughs> it's like <laughs> If you can find his bloody sky card, that is. <laughs> Talking to someone who definitely has a Sky card. Oh, go on. At the uh, Stu Hart show, Terry Funk stole the show. Wrestling in what he told friends may have been his final match in North America. It's my last match. In 1995. Was it his last match, though? I don't think it was, man. No, because no. I believe the, I, I believe in two Stu Hart shows' time, we will have Terry Funk going, it's my last match, because that's where we get the, the Dennis Stamp story. I believe it's from a Stu Hart show in yeah. 97 or 98. Where Terry Funk goes, it's my retirement match. Forever. Forever, forever, forever. forever. He hasn't had a match for ages, has Terry Funk. No. And I don't know whether he ever will again. I don't think he will, but I think this is the one time where he's retired, but not formally announced that he's retired. I, I'm just going to check what cage match. Because he's not, he's not been in the best of health, according to all rumors. No, I, I, I saw a picture of him recently, and he looks like Dory Funk Jr. these days. Oh, does he? Yeah, but he was, he was, he was, he was, I think Tommy Dreamer went to visit him, and he looked so he's healthy. Like, cut, cut his hair, shaved, and... He just, just looks, he looks grey, looks like, he just looks, in the face and in the hair, looks like Dory Funk Jr., yeah. which is very, very unusual. Um, matches, I'm looking on cage match uh, for Terry Funk's last match. It was in 2017 teaming with Brian Christopher, Doug Gilbert, and Jerry Lawler to face... Oh, sorry, sorry. Teaming with the Rock and Roll Express to face Brian Christopher, Doug Gilbert, and Jerry Lawler. That was in 2017. Hmm. Uh, so I believe that... I mean, that could have potentially been his retirement match. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you mentioned the Rock and Roll Express. Because oh. in 1995, they're in the USWA, but it might be a short-term deal. As Robert Gibson has been telling everyone that he's retiring. And oh, moving back to Gib forever, forever, forever. Robert Gibson, who a couple of weeks ago in 2022 announced that he was retiring. <laughs> so just another 27 years in the company. Yeah. Is it when wrestlers say they're retiring, is it kind of like the same, the, the optimistic, optimistically, is it the same marketing effect as when a chocolate company will put out a thing saying, we're going to stop making double deckers? Yeah. So people go, no, don't. We'll buy them. It's it's the equivalent of the weird thing with bands where they go off, knowing that there's going to be an encore, but it's like, let's pretend that we're done. Yeah. Encore. En oh, okay. I think it's that. It's them saying, no more bookings anymore. And everyone's like, oh, shit. No, well, let's book him. And he's like, oh, I'm getting booked loads here. Might as well. But surely that's a candle that burns really quick. You would have thought, wouldn't you'd, you? You'd think. You know, if you, if you keep saying, you know, the boy who cried retirement... Like you're gonna, you, eventually people are gonna go. All right, whatever. We'll book him on the next retirement tour. Yeah, we'll book him the next time round. Oh, because next time. Oh, that, that, that's what I thought about James Brown. Like he played Liverpool years ago. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll catch James Brown next time he plays. Then he sported the red hot chili peppers, and I thought, that, what? I was like, oh, yeah, I know. In Manchester, it was at some point. I was like, I'll, I'll catch James Brown next time he comes round. Thing. And then there was that Christmas when it was like, oh, Merry Christmas, Jack. James Brown's dead. And I was like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, James Brown supported Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was outraged. I was like, "You don't, you don't no, all way around, all way around." Wowzers! Well, there you go. Do you want some more bollocks? Absolutely, mate. Bring on I the bollocks. I put this in because this is the most random collection of wrestlers I've ever seen. So it had recently been Otto Vanz's biggest show, the Euro Catch Festival in Bremen, Germany. Mm -hmm. 
Main event, Ludwig Borger <laughs> captured the CWA heavyweight title from Rambo. While the great muter kept the IWGP heavyweight title, pinning Jim Neidhart in a bad match. <laughs> Christ almighty. Other workers on this included David Finley, John Hawk, Karma, Two Cold Scorpio, Big Titan, and Jojo Lee, brackets, Satoshi Kojima. Jeez. But don't worry, because the biggest star won the Brayman tournament. Ice Train. <laughs> Yay! Weird. Ice Train did really well in Europe. He did, yeah. If if memory serves. But it's just one of those where you're just reading it and just like, Lord, Borg, Muta, Neidhart, Kojima. What are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What a random assortment. I yeah. like that. But uh, even though this is the WWF Raw review, I had to put in a bit of WCW bollocks as well. Ah, go for it, mate. So WCW have reconsidered the original decision to tape Nitro's bi-weekly starting in 1996 because mm -hmm. the belief from WCW is that Titan is on its last legs and they just want to hammer them until they're dead, basically. They want to just they want to wear them out. Yeah. Sorry. Let's see how that works out for mm. them. Join us for the WrestleMania 17 watch along featuring WCW you wrestlers. wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that that comic comes up like the couple of days after the SmackDown review where we talk in depth about the purchase of WCW by the WWF for the low, low price of $2.5 million. But also, I've not got the notes for this. I don't don't know if you do. That uh, Vince McMahon did a AOL chat. See? I have the notes! See? See, what I miss, he picks up. <laughs> yes, I am your, your shit sweeper. <laughs> he did indeed do an AOL chat, did Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Just a couple of notes from that one from uh, The Observer. So he was asked about UFC and how Vince, what are his thoughts on Ultimate Fighting? Because UFC is starting to get a little bit of a groundswell yeah. at this point. Vince McMahon says it is a completely different form of entertainment than the WWF. However, if the fans want to see a very violent style of wrestling, they know where to get it. ECW. So Vince oh. name dropping ECW there. Okay. My man later said that ECW wasn't his cup of tea, thinking it was too violent, and he claims to have never spoken to Paul Heyman. <laughs> Bollocks. But I reckon he hasn't <laughs> lied, so I reckon somebody speaks to Paul Heyman on, on his, his behalf. behalf. Okay. He's just not lying, he's being ecumenical with the truth. It's not his cup of tea, his cup of tea but he'll gladly rip off everything they did. He will gladly yeah. make the money from them. Uh, regarding Public Enemy, he was asked about Public Enemy, who had recently had a WWF tryout. Yes. And a WCW one. And it, it's come to light that WCW are going to offer Public Enemy a contract, and they're going to take that. Vince McMahon said Ted Turner is a billionaire offering large sums of money to wrestlers just so they won't go to the WWF. Not as poor WWF. In reality, the huge sums of money Ted was throwing at Public Enemy was 85 grand a year. McMahon said WCW won't have a clue how to market them since they never went to the WWF, and WCW doesn't know how to market it's people that haven't missed the WWF because all they do is steal from the WWF. Didn't you want to be in WCW anyway? <laughs> So you're, there, yeah. You, and they're all sad they eat feed burgers to swans. Yes. <laughs> Makes them float better. Partridge, you wanker. <laughs> uh, Vince also complained that WCW chose to put a wrestling show on Monday nights, claiming they showed no regard for the wrestling fans of America. And said oh, Eric Bischoff. <laughs> said Eric Bischoff is carrying out the greedy, selfish vitriol of billionaire Ted. Oh, he was on one this week. Do you reckon 
Vince sees the irony in what he's saying, considering everything he did to the wrestling landscape in the 80s. I think Vince is so far gone that he won't see it. No. I think that he is... I've been listening to a documentary recently about Alan Stamford, who is the guy in 2008 tried to run a, a 2020 cricket tournament with the winners getting $20 million. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it turned out that he was a complete con artist. Yeah. Just, just, he just he fabricated a lot of stuff and he, he stole a lot of money from a lot of people in a big Ponzo scheme. Uh, but right till the very end, and even to this day, he's in prison and he, he swears his, his innocence in everything. He said he did nothing wrong and he said that people willingly gave him their money and he was... It just didn't go their way, and now they're upset with him. So to this day, like he isn't putting up a front. He is still like adamant that he did nothing wrong. And I think Vince McMahon is is similar when he yeah. does things like this. I I don't think he sees the irony because to him, it's just what he believes. That's the truth. Yeah, he's you know it's a mom and pop company, but it's funny how his brain clicks. Yeah. Back and forth from I'm a successful billionaire to I'm just a small mom and pop company. Why are everybody being mean to me? Um, he knocked Hulk Hogan in the AOL chat with Vince McMahon, saying he was a selfish and shallow human being who believes that he can con wrestling fans into thinking that he's as great now as he was years ago. He also got very upset with WCW portraying Paul White, a.k.a. the Giant, as Andre's son, saying it appears that WCW's view is that there is a sucker born every minute and WCW treats its fans like they are morons. <laughs> Go. I like irony. It's like bronzy, but mode of iron. <laughs> like, no lies there about Hogan to just, you know. Yeah. He's a prick, I mean, but yeah. do come back soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, fuck Paul White, but, you know, oh, the second his contract's up, I'm having him. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he didn't slag off Paul White. I think he slagged off the fact that he was being booked yeah. as Andrew the Giant's son, which he was being. Which oh, was yeah. Like they didn't, I don't think they, they kind of... Initially, didn't outwardly say it, but sort of hinted at it, and then they started going like, "When you beat my dad, like, come on, come on now, <laughs> stop being silly, stop <laughs> being silly." So yeah, so that's there's some bits there from the. Uh, I mean, that wasn't appalling, but you know, having the big boss man invade a fake funeral for <laughs> Big Show's real life actually dead dad <laughs> it was fine. That was a thing that happened. Was that, that, was, was that on SmackDown or Raw? That was on SmackDown. Oh. We covered it a couple of years back. Yeah. Fucking it? ludicrous, isn't it? It's just wrestling, isn't it? Wrestling is bollocks. It's the best. It's the best it's and the best. it's bollocks. Um, I've got a few other bits, but we can drizzle them in as we go. A couple of drizzles. Drizzle them in as we go. Should we get into Raw? Let's this get week? into Raw. Let's get into Monday Night Raw this week. Uh, Daniel. Um, so, Vince McMahon puts over in your house as, quote, the most aggressive, body-slamming, nail-biting, action-packed, and surprising spectacular ever. Vince hyping up the Undertaker-Diesel showdown that happened at the very end of the show. That is how we kick off Raw with a, a throwback to 24 hours prior in your house season's beatings. You can watch our watch-along on the podcast feed right now. Mm. Opening match tonight is Jeff Jarrett, who makes his return, taking on Far 2. Now, when we talk about Vince being distracted in this show there's a bit at the beginning if you watch the start of this show I don't know whether he I think I reckon this is probably where he might find out that something's gone a bit awry yeah. because his commentary as, J, of Jeff Jarrett, as Jeff Jarrett comes out goes double J double J yeah double J Jeff Jarrett he's back <laughs> he was you alright then mate <laughs> yeah he was very low key yeah and I, th I wonder whether in that moment he had somebody maybe in his ear saying 
whether Alunda Blaze has just turned up, Medusa's just turned up in WCW. She, she, mm. put, she put the title in the bin. She put the title mm. in the bin, Vince. Title in the bin. Vince is in the bin. Uh, far too seem to have new music here. It was a bit crap on it. It's a bit crap. But he did say hi to his mum on the way to the ring. He did say hi to his mum, which is lovely. <laughs> He's such a lovely guy, is far too. Like, you know, make a difference. Love your mums. The, the top thing we see in baby faces in the company is love for their mums. Yes. You know, Ahmed Johnson. My mum took me in pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what he said, wasn't it? Yeah. Mum took me to the cinema. It's the Magic Lantern show. Yeah. <laughs> Magic Lantern. Took me to the talkies. Watch to the look. Watch the Nickelodeon. Look, <laughs> mum. Ahmed's not that old. Um, uh, wouldn't any music suggest a renewed push? It would, but I, I, I think the end's nigh for Fatu. I, I thought that, and I checked on Cage Match, and I think he's kicking around for a little while longer. Really? I don't think he does anything of any major significance until he gets a, a rebrand in just over a year's time. Oh, um, so that I thought was shorter nah, than that. No, nah, okay. the, the, the rebrand of Fatu occurs sort of late 96, early 97. Okay, so right. He's got a little bit of time... Just knocking around after this. Mm. Uh, Fatu starts strong on the returning Jeff Jarrett, even mocking Jarrett Strutt at one point, which is fun. Uh, Jarrett counters a corner charge by Fatu to take over in the match. Now, he works over Fatu's shoulder with aggression for a long time. There's a lot of emphasis on the shoulder. Like, at one point, he hoys him into the corner. The ring moves as Fatu crashes into the corner. But it's all the emphasis on the shoulder. Vince on commentary reveals that a musical presentation has been organised for Raw and Shawn Michaels later on tonight. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Well, there's a bit of history coming up later. Before Jarrett <laughs> could finish off Fatu with the figure four, which is weird because he's been working over his shoulder the whole match. Yeah, I got that written down. Yeah. Uh, but he, Ahmed Johnson barrels down to the ringside area. Jarrett legged it. <laughs> There's some concern that Fatu has separated his shoulder, so of course Ahmed Johnson holds his arm up. A lovely, lovely fella. <laughs> Misguided, but lovely. Uh, there was some uh, a bit in The Observer, I think it was either this week or, or the week before, where they talked about Ahmed Johnson. And because um, there was some concerns about injury, because he's a bit a bit of a wild character. It was yeah, wasn't it? Um, the last row we saw him on, he had a job of squash, and he just pasted the guy with a couple of stiff, yeah, awkward spine busters. One one source says like the Pearl River plunge, Pearl River plunge, his finisher is a tiger drop, is a tiger bomb. It's a very easy move to make as long as your shoulders land perfectly, then it's absolutely fine. It's the spine buster before that will fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> like everyone's gone. His finish is fine. It's the moves in the run up to his finish yeah. that, that are troublesome. I mean, as long as he doesn't like start studying Masawa tapes and proper tiger drives <laughs> onto the head, then it's fine. Keep him away from all the Masawa tapes. <laughs> just Ahmed oh, watching all Japan, just going, "Fucking yeah!" Ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh! <laughs> I'm just imagine ooh. writing it down. Ooh, Ahmed's oh, been had that seventeen much, dead. That much smoke <laughs> pumped up his ass. He's like, "I could take on Toshiaka Kawada." <laughs> Gets in the ring, he gets his head kicked off his shoulders. He's like, <laughs> I'm in a mistake. I love my mom. Uh, after the match, Doc Hendricks is with Gorilla Monsoon. Hey. The owner, the, the president, sorry, of the WWF. Um, during this bit, we found out that Undertaker is going to get his first crack at the championship, now held by Bret Hart. So we're getting Bret versus Taker at the Rumble. Ooh. Now, I don't know whether we've had that match. Till this point, a before. I 
can't recall a time where it would have happened. No. We'll have this match a few times. Yeah. And it'll headline SummerSlam in 1997. Mm-hmm. But we're getting it at Royal Rumble. How exciting. Heart and soul. Yeah. yeah. Gorilla Monsoon also reassures Diesel that he will get his shot down the line. Now, uh, in your house, Jeff Jarrett revealed that he'd put his name into the hat for the Royal Rumble. Gorilla Monsoon reveals here that uh, Jarrett did put his name in the hat and Monsoon immediately threw it out. <laughs> Just, uh, Gorilla? Mace? After his altercation with Ahmed Johnson uh, at the pay-per-view and on tonight's Raw, instead, Jeff Jarrett will be competing in a singles match against Ahmed at the Rumble. Monsoon promises to reveal some huge names for the Rumble in the weeks to come on WWF Superstars. Names of the present and names of the past. Yeah, this is a very, this is actually a, a very uh, uh, eclectic Royal Rumble that we're yeah. going to get. Some some debutants, some first timers, some old timers, and uh, one hilarious bit with Mil Mascaris, if memory serves. Or is that the following year? Ooh, is that ninety seven? It might be ninety seven. When. A third of it is people from, is it? CMLL? I did a list on this. You'd think I'd remember, wouldn't you? But either way, uh, my, probably the next one. I, I was I was overjoyed to hear the classic Rumble theme playing there. Oh, mate, yes! That's so good. I want that theme all the time. Yeah. But I think they're quite attached to like, I'm here to rumble. No, nah, I prefer... Iris! The Bounty! Superfly Jimmy Snucker, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hakushi, Electric Rewall Champion Rick Flair, and the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Randy Orton! We'll do for April Fool's Day. We'll just do you doing that for an hour. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be like our version of too many cooks. <laughs> I showed Alex that on the weekend. It, it terrifies me. I didn't tell her what I just put it on while she was looking at her phone. So she said, What's this? Oh, it's a, it's a show called Too Many Cooks. You ever seen it? And she's like, I've never seen this. And then it carried on. And she's like, oh, I'm really scared. It's horrible. It's terrible. It's horrible. She's like, I don't know what's happening. Why is this happening? It gets to about the three, <laughs> four minute mark and you just start going, oh, feel no. very uneasy. And then it comes back and you're like, oh, okay, okay. And it goes again. You're like, oh. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. Dude, check out too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks, too many cooks. It's, oh, it just Skinner! Make, it makes you very uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. Uh, Goldust promo. He tells Razor Ramon that he's watching his every move. There's a special bond between them. Quote from Goldust, you claim you ooze machismo. Well, Chico, let's ooze it together. This was amazing. Oh, this was so creepy good. Creepy as fuck. I love it. So good. They're already starting to push mm. the boundaries a little. Yeah, I, I love the. F- I, I really like the Golder stuff. Uh, Scott Hall, uh, not so much. Rest his soul. Because um, you did hear stories like, oh, Scott felt very uncomfortable. Oh, really? With stuff like this. Okay. Um, he, he played it off all right, as we'll see later yes. on, on screen. But yes, he did. Yes, he yeah. did. I think. I think because it's so. It's it, and, and I think it's treated almost like it, it. The way it's treated is very unusual. I was the the bit the razor does a bit later on, is. Uh, 
is again, it plays it off in a, in a much better way. Yeah. A, a better way than I thought they would. Yes, definitely. Which we'll touch on later. Uh, Raw is sponsored by Levi Jeans. Bit of fact finds about Levi Jeans. Do you want some? Of course Hit you me. do. In 1858, German immigrant Levi Strauss started Strauss, Le- sorry, Levi Strauss, started Strauss Levi <laughs> Importers at 63 and 65 Sacramento Street. Mm. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Jacob Davis, who is a Latvian immigrant was a tailor who frequently purchased denim cloth from Levi Strauss and his wholesale house. After one of Davis's customers kept purchasing cloth to reinforce torn pants, he had an idea to use copper rivets to reinforce the points of strain, such as the pocket corners, the base of the button fly. Davis did not have the money needed to purchase the patent, so he wrote to Strauss and said, do you want to go into business together with this little idea I've had? Strauss accepted Davis's offer, and then in 1873, May the 20th, the two men received a US patent for what would become Levi jeans. Fantastic. And that's and there's that's what makes Levi jeans so special is the copper riveting. You're welcome. Tell you what wasn't special. Go on. The way Vince said this, he went, Levi Strauss and Company, maker of lots of shirts and lots of jeans. If this is a Vince tagline, then it's shit. <laughs> if this is an official Levi's tagline, then their marketing team needs taking out back and shooting. That's I wonder terrible. whether terrible. I don't. I didn't see anywhere else where they said this was their marketing thing. I don't mm. know whether this was another case of Vince being distracted by lots of shirts what's and happening lots over of the jeans. Way. They make lots of. They make lots of jeans for lots of shirts and lots of jeans. Yeah. Everyone, he forgot. He lost the piece of paper that had the slogan <laughs> written down. <laughs> Levi's uh, um, garments. <laughs> Mm. We get a recap of Undertaker and Diesel's showdown from In Your House. They're really pushing this as like the feature moment from In Your House. Yeah. This little showdown that happened after the show. Uh, before we go to our next match of the night, it is Buddy Landell versus Bob Holly. Fucking yes. 
As Holly, la- as Holly heads out of the ring, Doc Hendricks is plugging the WrestleMania video games with a free WrestleMania Guide VHS. If you call Titan ninety one, yes, get your video, get your video game through them. Uh, the video game adjusted for inflation would cost about one hundred and thirty dollars by today's standards. That's one of those things where you see people moan saying, "Oh, c- can't believe video games are sixty quid." It's like they've always been sixty quid. That's they've the only thing that's been... never rose with inflation. Yeah, exactly. They've always been around the same price. Yeah. So, especially like Nintendo, especially they had their whole their whole marketing shtick was sell the console for cheap, sell the games for a high markup. Yeah. So we see you, we see you. I I, I paid seventy quid for Banjo Kazooie. Don't regret it either. 70 quid well spent. Uh, Buddy Landau looks strong against Holly. Flair-like offense all the way. Basically, he's been told to wrestle like Nature Boy <laughs> Ric Flair bought on Wish. Uh, Vince plugs that Brother Love is coming up next, observing yeah. that Brother Love's cheeks are rosy and plump. Do you guess it? Because he's fat. That's funny. Holly gets battered in this. Yeah. Like, this is the majority of the match is Buddy Landell which was a real surprise after we saw Landell the night before get troused by Ahmed in like <laughs> 10 seconds. All of a sudden, like he's... And there's there's reasons for this, which we'll get to. There, there was one bit that Bob did, which he tried to save face, that Landell hit him with a punch. He took a bump and got up and stared him out. <laughs> yeah! So Landell hit him with a punch again, and he took a bump and got up and stared him out. He's like, if you want to look tough, don't take the bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did that three times and yeah. then started coming back. He yeah. did a nice hurricane run. It always looked nice. And Vince actually went, oh, Frankensteiner. I was like, fucking hell, Vince. I didn't hear him say Frankensteiner. He does, but Lola talks over him at the same time. I rewound it. I went, did uh, Vince actually call it a Frankensteiner? But yeah. There's a bit where Lola uh, refers to Hillbilly Jim, and, Hillbilly Jim and the Hogman as Mutt and Jeff, um, Homer and Jethro. Like, so even Lawless distracted by shit going yeah. down this week. So um, the latter, Homer and Jethro, they were a country music duo from the 50s. Uh, the, the former, Mutt and Jeff, is Cockney rhyming slang for deaf, which, oh. I, which I think was said by accident. I, I thought it was what um, a British Bulldog called the Hardy Brothers. <laughs> Mutt and Jeff, get, get it! <laughs> you seem like grafters. I need some hands down at... Uh, to the steelworks without some. Yeah. Take him this. Say it's it's from Stuffing King. Tell him tell him it's it's gratis. Oh, fucking Stuffing King. It's it's for free. He can have that. <laughs> why is Tom, yeah, why is Tom working at Steelworks when his his brother's got like seventeen food outlets that need guarding overnight? Because Tom thinks Davy's a knobhead. And that's why it is. Yeah. I'm not working for you, Davy. You're a shit. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so Holly comes back, Frankensteiner, Irma Gerd, series of clotheslines, goes for a drop kick, and Buddy grabs the ropes yeah. to stop it going down. To which then he lands a standing a corkscrew elbow drop, as Lola calls it, for the three. Buddy Landell beats Bob Holly. I liked the elbow drop, but I hate it when what Bob did. He missed the drop kick, and he sells it. If he would have hit the drop kick, he still would have taken a bump. I don't. The the great mystery of the drop kick. Yeah. The great mystery of the drop kick is that. When when you hit it, you land fine. Yeah. But when you miss it, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, it's so strange. I can't explain how what logic loop you could use to explain whether whether landing the kick slows your trajectory down, but you're still, you know, you're still at the at the whims of gravity. Yeah, you could connect and push off. Wrestling. That's what you would say. It's wrestling. <laughs> Irish whips exist. <laughs> the Undertaker exists. Um, let's talk Buddy Landell. Let's talk. Yes, please. Okay. So, uh, Buddy Landell, the night before, we talked about this on the In Your House Watch Along, uh, got battered by Ahmed Johnson. Uh, Ahmed 
uh, they, they had that match because Shane Douglas went to Vince and said, oh, my back still hurt. I can't wrestle tonight. Uh, to which Vince and Jim Ross were like, come on, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. And so that's the end of Shane Douglas. Yeah. Like Shane, Shane didn't want to wrestle. He was in the doghouse with Vince in general anyway. Vince wasn't a fan of what he was doing, so that was it. Buddy Landell was walking past the office and heard this. And he actually said to, uh, what it, was to it would have been to Bruce Pritchard, I believe, who said, he said, hey, look, I'm here tonight. I've got my gear. If you need somebody to make armor look like a million bucks, I'm happy to do it. And they went, actually, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. So they worked an angle to bring yeah. out Buddy Landell. He got battered. And uh, WWE, and then Vince said after, afterwards to Buddy, said, thank you very much. Um, come to the tapings for superstars that we've got coming up. And the night after uh, this episode of Raw, they have superstars tapings. We'll talk more about them in detail next week. Yeah, okay. But there's a bit I wanted to bring up with Buddy Landell. Oh, Buddy. So... Um, Buddy Landell wrestled on the Superstars tapings. He's just had the match on Raw. And Vince has said to him, look, thank you for stepping up when we, when we needed you. Really appreciate it. As a reward, uh, we'd like to give you a feature spot on the roster. We'd like to give you a prolonged push. And we'd like to, to make, make some money with you. And Buddy Landell, who's been doing stuff in the industry for years, is like, this is amazing. This is, this, is a, this is a break I've been looking for forever. Thank mm. you very much. I'll take it. So Buddy Landell wrestles the Bethlehem tapings. Uh, he Bethlehem, Bethlehem. In Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, little town of Bethlehem. Buddy Landell leaves the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania tapings. There's been a blizzard outside. He slips on the ice. <laughs> oh. Breaks his ankle. Oh, puddy. And he's out of action for eight weeks. And after eight weeks, Vince goes, uh, nah, we're fine now. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and that's it. And that's the end of Buddy Landell. So is this woman? He was promised the world. He wrestled his first like going, great, off we go to the races, left the arena, broke his fucking ankle, and never worked for them again. Brilliant. I'm fucking gutted for with the, the unlucky elf of the WWF. Yeah, because when he was in the NWA, obviously <laughs> he was pushed in the 80s as the new nature boy. Did he have a victory over Flair, or were they meant to have a match under something like that? But during this match with Bob Holly, there was crowd going buddy but there's some smarky guns basically mm. cheering on buddy landell so. bit of love for buddy yeah yeah buddy, buddy love <laughs> hey uh yeah so that's that's the buddy landell story that i was keen to tell this week god bless him god bless buddy landell he was he was on the cusp of something amazing here <laughs> and uh it would never pan out because he's fell over um but the loads of stuff went down these Bethlehem PA tapings. Uh, we'll talk about them next week because yeah. they technically occur after this Raw. But God, I wanted to tell that story this week. <laughs> the, the thing I'm thinking is, obviously, Vince has thought, you know, I need people I can trust right now. This guy's willing to do the job, etc. I can't imagine a Buddy Landau push in 1995. Nor could I, but but we saw that match with Holly. Yeah. So they were serious. Yeah. Like, he looked, he looked like the king in that match, did Buddy? Yeah. I don't know how far you could have pushed a Buddy Landell because, you know, he's coming out in Ric Flair's robe. He is basically cosplaying Ric Flair. You know, you will argue till the cows come home about, you know, who's, who got the right to be the actual Ric Flair, but the, the actual Ric Flair is Ric Flair. Um, but he would have always been like a, a cosplaying Ric Flair. Yeah. I don't know how far you can take that, whether they would have twisted it into something else. Well, when Who knows? You imagine the, he was thinking, right, in his head he's got Nacho Man the Huckster. So you think Buddy Landau might have played into something there maybe? They, yeah. might have done, they might have done. You know, Vince said he's out there plans and yeah. a push. 
you know, by Vincent Mann saying a push means we'll put you on television. Didn't yeah. say doing what exactly. Bodied on a three, who knows? <laughs> could have been. It could have been. So, um, we get commercials once again for hotshot basketball, karate fighters, and RC Ricochet. Uh, big, big sponsorship with Milton Bradley and such here. M- moving into nice Christmas as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah, so I wanted an RC Ricochet really badly at Christmas. Buddy Love interviews Ted DiBiase. And this is this this whole bit, this is designed to get one particular character over, but it contains the teeny tiniest footnote that will change the wrestling industry, which I really like. I'm so excited. This is amazing. So Ted DiBiase uh, chatting to Brother Love about what happened at In Your House season beatings last night, in which Santa Claus attacked Savio Vega. Ted DiBiase says, it wasn't Santa Claus. It was Santa Claus, with an X, who is from the South Pole, not the North Pole, and he doesn't give presents, he takes presents. Da ha 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 This sounds like it could have been the plot to the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. <laughs> I'm uh, sad that it wasn't. Um, it, they, and then, then when he goes... And he's officially in the corporation. <laughs> of course it is! Because the million dollar corporation is such shit! Shite! <laughs> is the million dollar corporation the worst faction in wrestling history? <laughs> but it's it such bot. Every. Like, there has been more filler than killer in the million dollar corporation. The, the, again, another line with hindsight when he says 1996 is going to be the year of the million dollar corporation. <laughs> Is it bollocks? But it's like, not quite, but Ted and the kid will hitch their wagons to a better crew in 1996. <laughs> they certainly bloody will. They, they, that, that they flipping well will do. Ted DiBiase ends by saying, not only will 1996 be the year of the Million Dollar Corporation, but it will also be the year of the Million Dollar Champion. Ha 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 ha. Hugs all round. Oh my, that's, that's the, we don't know it at this point. He's talking about Steve Austin. He's fucking coming. He's talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's exciting. That's the first reference to Stone Cold Steve Austin on WWF television. Don't you mean the ringmaster? I (laughs) apologise. The ringmaster. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and it's as a, as, as a fight, as, as a bottom line in a promo about... (laughs) Fucking Fucking Santa Claus's evil brother. Balls balls Mahoney. Balls Mahoney. Is he? Oh, my God. It's... I was talking to my mate Ryan on Twitter because he's been just going through Nitro and Raw while, while, while avoiding doing anything else. Good, good. And I was Thank say, you. And I was saying just like, oh, shit. I was like... I was like, I'm so excited for 96. And he's like, ah, but there's still, there's still a hunk of shit to come. I was like, yeah, but yeah. it's who comes in in 96. Yes. And it's you know it's Jim Helwig. That's what that's what. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited for Austin and mm. the cavalcade of characters who will come to define the Attitude Era. Who are they're all coming? They're all on their way. We get a commercial for the Raw Bowl, which is coming New Year's night on Raw. Mm. Uh, there that will be the next Raw that we do because there isn't a Raw next week. Uh, because it's Crimbus. So the next Raw will be January the first, nineteen ninety six. This is the final Raw of nineteen ninety five. 
Next up, we have uh, the Intercontinental title on the line. Is this our main event? Technically, technically is our main event. <laughs> yeah, the real main event is something else. Oh, my God. Uh, Yokozuna challenging Reza Ramon for the Intercontinental title, a belt that Yoko has never won. The only belt in the company at this point that Yoko has never won. Yes, yes. Uh, as Yoko enters, Goldust makes himself comfortable at the top of the ramp. He's getting in Reza's head when he sends gold glitter during Razor Ramon's entrance, which I thought was quite a fun bit. And Razor's like, hey, Chico, I f- gold. I did think it was telling, though, that uh, Ramon was in his all yellow gear as well. He was Ooh. head to toe in yellow. Yellow, yellow boots, yellow pads, yellow trunks. I never spotted that. Yeah, because I saw it and thought, oh, is, he, is, is that him playing his own version of my games? Mm. Or did he just think, oh, I like these yellow ones, man. Yeah. <laughs> put them on. He might have, he might have, might have been playing on a whole different level to us. Mm. Um... Yoko takes the... Dis- oh, so, so what happens is, as all this is happening, as, as the gold is falling around, Razor's like, hey, Chico, what's all this about? Uh, Yoko takes the distraction opportunity to start the match by attacking Razor from behind. Shockingly, Goldust sends Yoko reeling... Sorry, sorry, Ramon sends Yoko reeling from the off. Once, once Razor sort of establishes his footing, he ends up sending Yoko flying out of the yeah. ring. Like... He gets a lot in on Yokozuna, does, does Razor Ramon. He really does. And I, I don't know whether it's... You can't help this, but Razor Ramon is so much taller than Yokozuna. It's a weird contrast having these two wrestle. I don't know whether it works. No. I know what they were trying to achieve, like a former WWF champion going after Ramon. At no point did I think that Yoko could beat him. Because the, there's one bit, because I've just put it's it's the typical Yokozuna match, really, mm. trying to get the big man off his feet. And, you know, obviously the feature of Yokozuna matches is he'll take a clothesline, he'll do the big wobble. Ramon fucking Stan Lanson and <laughs> Stan Hansen lariats him. And he has to do the wobble cell on his feet. He's like, Jesus, tough bastard taking that. He is, he is. He misses a sunset flip splat, does Yoko. Eventually gets some coverage in this one with a chop, some headbutts, and a quick breather. <laughs> <laughs> He is paggered in this match. Yoko does fuck all. Yeah. Like he isn't well. Like he like a lot you look at the majority of times he's on offense in this match. He's either stood there with the old Ionian nerve grip yeah. on Razor, or he's leaning in the corner and just like one hand on the ropes, yeah. another hand just swiping Razor. Like he's knackered. Yoko's not healthy. No. He's never been the healthiest, but he is he's the biggest he's ever been. Oh yeah. And, uh, and and he's struggling with it. Um, Yoko looks dreadful in this match, I put here, which I, which I stand by my notes. Mm. Doesn't help that Ramon dwarfs him. Ramon lands a top rope bulldog, which was probably the nicest move in this match. Um, as he hits it, the lights in the arena start to flicker. So I was thinking, Goldust again? That's what mm. I thought, yeah. But no, The Undertaker, apparently... <laughs> Who walks toward and the casket has appeared at ringside as Undertaker <laughs> walks towards the ringside area. Yoko Zuda, who sees Undertaker and sees the casket, the same casket that Mabel went in the night before. Yoko literally sprints away. He fucking pelts it. I have never seen Yoko go that fast. No. That was incredible. Why was Undertaker hunting Yoko Zuna? Was this because it's just like a hangover from him getting his face smashed in. Yeah, because obviously he's beaten Mabel. He put Mabel in the casket and we yeah. won't see Mabel. He hasn't seen Mabel since. Because it's it's not even like, ooh, there's all these storylines going on because obviously Taker's focus should be Brett, but Diesel's there as well. But all of a sudden he's just like, ah, oh, fuck it, Yoko. I'm going to put you in a fucking casket. Yeah, it's just like, because Undertaker's got focus. He's looking towards Diesel. And obviously this isn't going to build towards the Rumble because he's no. taking on Bret Hart, so... 
Yeah, exactly. So it's like you didn't. Undertaker didn't need another feud essentially, yeah. but whether they needed to find a way out of Yoko versus Ramon, and maybe just having Yoko run away, they didn't want to have Razor pin Yoko. Yeah. So off he goes. Um, and that's how the match ends. Razor wins by countout. Record speed countout. Like, wonder if yeah, they were just like, it ain't coming back. Just yeah. crack on with the night, I think is what <laughs> they did. Um, on commentary, Vince reveals there'll be no Raw next week. Is he all right? Did it, does his heart grow three sizes like the Grinch? <laughs> Fucking no days off in Smith Man. He's just sued. He, but he says there'll be a special presentation internationally. Yeah. So I think it's a case of USA probably have something scheduled for next week. They'd be like, fuck off, we're not putting Raw on. No one cares. So they filmed... So I don't know I don't know what they filmed internationally. I'm presuming it's a best of Raw. You, you believe? I presume it's a best of Raw. Doc Hendricks doing a mountain of chisel. <laughs> <laughs> just... Hey, guys, I tell you what I liked last year. That thing that Owen Hart did. <laughs> Whatever it was. I don't fucking know. I was in the Freebirds once. <laughs> just, just space it out. They cut back from a match. He's ripping the head off a Bret Hart standing. <laughs> yeah, I'll take your hit, man. Well, wasn't that great? Where's Bam Bam? <laughs> Terry, get her. Snap into a Slim Joe. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> that, if that's the international presentation, we're here for it. <laughs> uh, so we have, we plug the first Raw Bowl of 1996. That's going to be a hot mess. Uh, mm. Then we cut to Razor Ramon and Doc Hendricks on the top, man. So, Razor, Big Daddy, no, no, no. How do you feel about Goldust fawning all over you? Um, Razor Ramon says, um, he, Razor Ramon reveals that Goldust did indeed send him a letter uh, with uh, some lewd intentions within it. And Razor agrees that he is attractive and a handsome man. He does agree. But he doesn't play that, and he only likes women. You can do your thing, Mang, but not with me. That line surprised me. Yeah. Because it's him just saying, fuck it, do what you want. No, cool. Yeah. That's cool, but just not for me. I was like, considering <laughs> what will happen at WrestleMania, this was, you know... Very much a different tact. It was indeed, yes. Yeah. Uh, Ramon won't reveal the contents of the letter on a family show, but says he'll tell Doc Hendricks backstage what it said. <laughs> Vince says this is the most appalling thing in WWF history. Yeah, Vince brought it back down. Didn't yeah, he? they were doing fine up until that point. Even yeah. Jerry Lawler was saying like, oh, I read the letter and oh, well, it shocked me. Yeah. Like, it was fine <clears throat> to an extent until Vince went, this is appalling. Yeah, not, not Undertaker threatening to bury people, not Jake the Snake attacking people literally in the ring with snakes. Golda it's... saying he fancies Razor is appalling. Yeah. Oh, dear. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, a better handle, like you say, better handle than I thought it would be. Yes, definitely. Uh, we come to our main event presentation and it is a special Shawn Michaels music video. Uh, it, it documents the, the the life and times, the career of Shawn Michaels, uh, as Shawn Michaels at this point may not ever return to wrestling. Uh, there is there is hope that he will, but a video presentation has been put on uh, for the fans and to Shawn to wish him well. Uh, this is uh, if, if if you're if you're fans of a certain vintage, and if you say to them, "Tell me a lie," they'll know what you mean by this. Yeah. Uh, so this is the "Tell Me a Lie" video. Your thoughts. I've put here, if I was watching Raw, I'd switch over at this point and catch the end of Nitro. Wow. It, they were acting like he died. Yeah. It was, it was a bit full on, and especially for a main event segment. And the thing that I was thinking of is like, the 80s gets the flack for being cheesy. Mm. But the early to mid 90s is far cheesier. It's just the fact that there was grunge, which turned into new metal in the Attitude Era. But the actual, at the front, 90s was cheesy as fuck. It was cheesy. 
Was it cheese? Oh, rumble. Yeah. <laughs> cheese that, rumble. That cheese rumble there that you heard like, from Jackins is, is guts. Yep. No cheese today. Yeah. Yet. So you didn't enjoy it? No. No, a bit too cheesy for you. A bit too cheesy. I, I mean, as as a time capsule, just watching it, you're just like, this is quite bizarre. Mm. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on I can't about? hate this because um, well, I left when I left North Wrestling uh, last year, because I finished up as a ring announcer there, they surprised me on the night, and they put a video on the screen of my best bit set to Tell Me a Lie. <laughs> I was like, oh, you bastards. You made me do a little cry. <laughs> Didn't know you cared. So did, you, did you lose your smile, though? I didn't. I did no, I, I kept my smile. I did a little cry. I lost, I lost, uh, <laughs> I lost my bladder. But... <laughs> Um, so, uh, f- uh, a little fact, some factoids about the song. Hit me. Uh, Jim Johnston uh, is the man behind the song. He wrote the song uh, a, f- a year or so before. It was actually a song that he wrote for his mother who passed away. Yeah. because So you even said, like, it had the it had the, the energy of, like, uh, somebody died. Yeah. And, yeah, it was written about Jim Johnston's mother that died. Yeah. Um, WWF needed a sad piece of music for the Shawn Michaels' potential swan song as it was called. So Jim Johnston let them use that, the song that he wrote for his mum, for that purpose. And he's still not in the Hall of Fame. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. The vocalist uh, was uh, a lady by the name of Fonda Feingold. Uh, she does. Uh, she was like a session musician in the 90s, and you can still find her on Spotify because she'll do piano covers of popular songs. And she writes and produces some of her own stuff, including a near six-minute banger called I Love My Dog. Which she released recently. <laughs> which it's a lovely song about how much she loves her dog. Which for, for the for the audience at home, um, you sent me this yesterday. I got very excited. When this I found this was before I'd started doing the research for this episode. So we just went. It's a song about a dog. Tell me like. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I just listened to it. I was like, fucking hell. Uh, I have reached out to uh, Fonda Fine Gold because she had an email address on her official website inviting her to have a chat with us. She hasn't got back to me yet. Oh. So we may hear from Fonda. I would quite like to chat to Fonda Feingold, who yeah. is the vocalist on Tell Me A Lie. So we may still do that. But this is how Raw signs off. As you say, there'll be a lot of people who would have like yourself gone, this is a bit cheesy. What are they doing on Nitro? Which oh, is Who's which, that putting about in the bin? <laughs> which, as we know, Nitro is not a cheesy show in 1995. No, it is not. It is not. But they still continue to push this idea that Shawn Michaels is done. Yeah. He's not done. He's about to have the greatest run of his career. Yeah. But they are making this out like he's he's running out of time. It was time is done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see you at the Rumbles. Uh, what did you think of Raw? It's always all right this week. Um, it was, wasn't was the, the the best show we've ever covered. No. Um, some interesting booking. I thought that Razor and Yoko in concept was all right. In principle, it was ugly. Buddy Landell getting a push was... Uh, an interesting choice. Actually, yeah, this wasn't a very good rule. No, it? it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. The more I think about it, I was going to give it the benefit of the doubt. I was like, actually, now this was this was this was a bit of a bad episode of Raw. I think it's because you've come straight from a pay per view, mm. but you're going into Christmas, so there's a bit of a break, and then you've got loads of time to build for the Rumble anyway. So there was no urgency. They were just kind of like, ah, some stuff's going to happen. The Rumble is. Uh, enjoy yeah. this music, Sean. Yeah. Uh, there, is, there is histor- <laughs> there is historically like a lull at this time in wrestling, yes, isn't there? Yeah. Like I don't know what you do to to combat that. Put you don't want to put pay per views on like uh, on Christmas Day 
No. I guess they tried this this year by having a pay-per-view on New Year's Day. Hmm. So kind of just sort of stop that sort of Christmas rot, but that's always going to happen. Yeah. I think because it's Christmas and everybody just kind of mentally switches off. Everything's competition, pal. Yeah. Chris Santa Claus's competition. <laughs> Even his evil brother <laughs> is competition. Uh, yeah. So we'll... We're on the road now. That's 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 the end of 1995. That was the last roar of 1995. We set out on a journey through this year. We've seen uh, a friend go along the way, Justin Henry. He's just he's he's still with us. He's just not he's just writing now rather than podcasting. Yeah. Um, but that is kind of we're ushering kind of the end of the new generation era. Yeah. Gosh, I guess does the next year count as the new generation era. Mm. It's maybe it's... kind of a little bit. Because we're not quite the attitude era yet. It's it's one of those weird things. It's like I say, you know, when you think of the sixties, you think or any decade, you're like, mm. this is the sixties, this is the seventies. And you think, yeah, the sixties is nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty nine. Mm. But really, any decade, it's like nineteen sixty three to like nineteen seventy two, because there's that bleed over. Yes. So you get a, like you'll you'll get a little bit of the the culture and the fashion for those first couple of years. Yeah. So I th- still new generation. Yeah. It's slightly, you know, I feel like that was the sort of the warm up for new generation. They sort of finding the sides for a year. Exactly. Yeah. And then they kind of get their, you know, their ducks in a row in the following year. And then even more so in 97. And then. But even the, even the couple of months that I've been on the podcast when I started and it was still two dudes with attitudes and hey, mm. look at this. And, uh, and now we've got right, right. Diesel's. Fucking mint because he's because <laughs> he's pissed off. Bret Hart, your champion. You got Goldust doing some taboo for the time shit. You've got ECW's really starting to make a racket, and even Vince mm. is acknowledging them. You got Eric Bischoff every week saying, "Vince McMahon, I'm gonna kick you in the throat, <laughs> fucking dickhead." Um, it's the, the tonal change is both subtle and also like that. Yeah. It, it's somehow both. It's somehow very subtle and very quick mm. so i'm i'm looking to see because like i said like i've said before i w- i wasn't watching at this point i no. tapped out of wrestlemania 9 won't be back till like 97 98 ish so this period of time i know obviously the, the the big beats that happened but it's a time that i've watched very little of so i'm looking forward to see how drastic that tonal shift is as the Attitude Era comes in. Mm, and you will find out as you watch it along with us as we end in 1996 on the Cultaholic Classic Review. And until we are together next week, by the way, this coming Saturday, WrestleMania X7 with Jack Kins, Sam Driver, Matthew Gregg, and myself. We're all going to get together. We're all going to have a lovely time and watch WrestleMania X7 on WrestleMania weekend. Aside from that, anything... In particular, you're working on? Coming up this week. Um, oh, by by now, because this is out, yeah, by those, by, yep. ta- by now, by the, by now, If you, in case you missed it, you've got time to go and watch it. We had a lovely chat with Sami Zayn ahead of WrestleMania. That was a good time. Oh. We had a lovely chat with Sami Zayn uh, about uh, his match with Johnny Knoxville uh, at WrestleMania 38 this weekend and a bunch of other stuff as well. Very nice. Sami Zayn uh, on the YouTube channel right now. Also, what else is coming up? Desert Island Graps. In case you missed it, we had uh, West Coast indie star Vinny Massaro on to the week. He was a good lad. Um, I don't know who we got this week. Haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> you can tell I'm scrambling this week. But otherwise, that's what I'm working on. What about you, sir? Uh, I am just started doing a deep dive into all Japan. Oh, King's Road shit. King's Road, just drop a fucker on their head. Oh. Uh, 
And the big project that I was working on for a while has come out now. That was uh, every NXT to WWE main roster call-up ranked. Wowzers. Yeah. And, and, and this is it. I think we, we quite often will go, oh, NXT call-ups are shite. But there have been good ones. There have been good ones. Some have really hit the mark. But most of the entries were just like, ah, that didn't pan out. Mm, they didn't do anything with them for six months. They got released. This was good. It's. I assume Kevin Owens is up there as one of the better ones. He's he's up there, yeah. yeah. We're, we're talking not just in terms of the actual debut moments, how their call up as a run has so been, how it how they factored into it. Because if it was just in terms of their initial kickoff point on the main roster, Kevin Owens would be number one mm. easily. Yeah, but he's... but but then I get. But then would you? I mean, don't give away the numbers though. But do you class like uh, the Shield as call ups? Yes, well, the caveats were that they had to have been on NXT TV. Mm-hmm. So there's no Dean Ambrose. He never made it to NXT TV. Right. So Seth Rollins is in there. Roman Reigns are in there as separate entities. Right. But it's, yeah, uh, there's, there's caveats which are explained. Basically, the caveats in the videos, again, showing how the sausage is made, is just so we can be like, mm, uh, how do we work around this? Okay, if we do this, 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 and this, that means I can ignore that, and that gray area can fuck off, so we can just go boom. So... Because nice. otherwise, you'd be there for years. But it was... Uh, but that'll be coming soon. That's, uh, that's already out. That's, that's already out now. That's already out. There you go. Go watch YouTube. it. YouTube.com forward slash... Tell me I'm wrong in the comments. Even though <laughs> there's no right or wrong. Shout it's, at Jackins. It's, it's opinion. <laughs> you bastard. Yeah. And until we are next... Until <laughs> we are next together, he is at uh, Brat underscore Atkins on Twitter. Yeah. I'm at Tom Campbell <laughs> on Twitter. Together! Yeah. We're at Golden Holly on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Whoa! I was made in England. Yeah! Love you, bye! Play Made in England under this, Tom, when you edit it. Play Made in England underneath this. Fuck the rights. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? We'll, we'll get YMCA'd. It's fine. El- Elton's fine with us. <laughs> He's a good mate. He's a friend of the show. Hi, <laughs> <My> Elton, mate. <laughs> There he is. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.